Welcome to another episode of Zusammen Hi Tzipi. Hi Tzili. Zusammen is together, like you probably know, yeah. you'll introduce our Zalman in a minute. But you can introduce him now. But we, you're right, but we are here every week, right? And for me, it's really very intriguing and fascinating. And I look forward to conversation with Zalman, who is... Zalman Lotek. The artistic director of uh, the Folksbühne Theater. The Folksbühne Theater is the Yiddish theater, the only one that has left, uh, had left in, uh, in New York City. He's left. Uh, he's left, has left. I never know. No, has left is gone. Okay. The only one who still exists. Zalman, just talk a little bit about the Folksbühne and the Yiddish theater. Well, first of, all, first of all, good morning, good evening, good afternoon to both of you. It's a pleasure to be, it's an honor to be on your program. Um, the only one that has to do with the name of the program is the Volksbinet, because it's the, the Yiddish name, yeah. That's of course, means together. And, uh, you know, when I saw the name, I said, hey, let me call Silly and say, um, the Volksbinet is is the oldest running consecutive Yiddish theater in the world, uh, founded in 1915. There are other Yiddish wow. theaters. Yeah, 1915, and we've been, it's been going, not, not me, of course, but it's been going for, for 108 years consecutively. Silly has her own uh, history with the Volksbühne a little bit. And she can talk talk about that, but I remember her running in the streets with the different uh, costumes. costumes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and uh, I I grew up in a home <clears throat> where Yiddish was spoken. My father uh, came from uh, from Europe. Uh, he spent the war years in Shanghai. My mother was born in America. They, their first language was Yiddish. They fell in love with Yiddish. They fell in love with Yiddish song. And that love of Yiddish song um, was, the, was the music score, the soundtrack of my life growing up. And uh, I fell in love with it and decided eventually, after many years, to, to focus my life's work on Yiddish culture, Yiddish theater. And um, so I've been running, I've been <clears throat> the artistic director of the Yiddish Theater for now 20 years. Oh. Um, and uh, before the pandemic, we had the good fortune to present um, for the first time in America, the Yiddish uh, version of Fiddler on the Roof um, here in America. It was done... I, I, got, I had the idea from hearing a um, soundtrack of Shmuel Rodensky oh, with the... Famous um, Abima right? who starred as Tevya in 1965 in Israel. The pro production wasn't successful. In, 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 in Hebrew it was successful, but in Yiddish it wasn't for obvious reasons at the time. And um, but the recording remained, and my parents, who received everything that was recorded in Yiddish from around the world, got this recording. So as a young kid, I was fifteen or something, thirteen. I heard this recording, and somehow it landed in my neshama. And I guess, I guess, you know, the the. 
the putting together of two loves of mine, theater music, opera music, um, and Yiddish, this idea stayed in my head. And I realized after many years of producing in New York that if I was going to present Fiddler on the Roof again, but this time in Yiddish, it had to be on the same artistic level that anybody saw has seen Fiddler on the Roof, whether it's been on Broadway or whether it's been on the, in the movies. So I had to come up with what would be special besides the idea of it being in Yiddish. So um, I, I understood immediately that the idea would be of interest because we would be using, for the first time, the Shalom Aleichem text. And I have to... I have to say that um, Brian Wasserman in, in Montreal uh, did a production of this production in, in Montreal, and it, of course, was successful some years back, but it was never done in America. So um, the first idea, I first met with um, the, the translator. The translator was Shraga, Shraga Friedman. Right. Shraga was... Yep. Correct. An actor and a director in Habima. He made Aliyah in the 40s with his family. And he was a well-known actor and, tra and director and translator in Israel. And um, he, he translated My Fair Lady, I think, into in, from, from uh, English to Ivrit. And um, he did the, the Hebrew translation and the Yiddish translation. So I met with the family. I I um I think it was th thanks to Tzili. I think it was a ridge. I I think, you know, if I have to think back, it was Tzili. Actually, it was you, Tzili, who. I wrote uh, the text in Yiddish. Correct, correct. You 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 made the shidduch with um, with. Uh, family. Yael, with Yael Friedman, and I met with her when I was in uh, Tel Aviv one, that the summer of. Uh, 2017, um, and uh, then all I, I, I went to, to the various um, uh, copyright holders of the of Fiddler on the Roof. I went to Sheldon Harnick, the lyricist. I went to the to Alyssa Stein, uh, Joseph Stein, who wrote the book, Joseph Stein's widow. I went to the family of Jerry Bach. I went to uh, Jerome Robbins Foundation. And I finally went to Hal Prince, who was, you know, of course, the original producer of Fiddler. Yeah. And the director, the producer and director of Cabaret as well. And I asked him um, what he thought of uh, inviting Joel Gray to direct, direct, direct it. Um, and... How, how Prince had already worked with uh, Joel Gray in, in Cabaret, who where he got his Tony and his Oscars. So I was I went to all the different um, rights holders, people who owned the rights of Fiddler on the Roof in English, to see what they thought of the idea. They all loved the idea, and um, and Hal Prince gave me his hechsher to uh, to contact Joel Gray. And I call, and I contacted Joel Gray, and I asked him actually if he would be interested in either playing Tevya or being in or directing. And uh, he's in his he was then in his mid to late eighties. He's ninety now, 
Kalei Nahara, bis 120. Um, and he said, well, I think my days to perform Tevya are, are over, but, but I would be very interested in directing it. So I met with him the next day, and then I showed him the theater. I took him down to the Museum of Jewish Heritage, where our theater is located. He fell in love with the theater. He brought his, he started to think about designers, you know, from, from his Broadway experience, who would be interested to see, to, to work on this project. And they all fell in love with the theater. They fell in love with the idea. Um, we, when we announced, we, when we announced that we were doing uh, Fiddler, Fiddler in Yiddish for the first time, it, it was picked up in all the papers in, in, in New York, across the country. And then when we announced that we, with Joel Gray as directing, of course, and when we announced auditions, we had over 2,500 people from all over the world contact us for 20... All of them speak English, uh, Yiddish, or no. most of them don't? No, they're exactly. not Jewish. Either. Not Jewish. Exactly. Yeah, exactly my point, what I want to tell you about, Sibi, is that, that 2,500 people came and said, okay, in, in their minds, they can do the Yiddish as if, as what we, what we would need it, right? We told, we, the audition said preferable knowledge of languages, German, you know, and we will, and we will teach you. So we, of the 2,500, we whittled it down to 700 people. So we saw, we saw 700. The rest of them were not qualified from whatever, whatever papers and videos they sent us. We didn't feel that they were qualified. So we, so we interviewed 700 people. And equity has a rule that you cannot ask the actor in the audition to do more than one sentence of Yiddish, of Yiddish to test for the first time we meet them. The first time we meet them, they can sing whatever they want from whatever show just to show us their talent, right? Then if we're interested, we make a note and then we give them this one line in Yiddish. So the, to, to, to get a sense if they could have the aptitude right. to learn a whole show, which would be they would have three weeks, three and a half weeks of rehearsal. That's all. Three and a half weeks to learn the Yiddish and to completely, you know, internalize it so that they can perform it naturally. So the sentence was, and you'll appreciate this. Willst du versuchen mein Geschmacken Zimmes? Oh my God. <laughs> Can you say that, Tippi? No way. What does it mean? By the way, I know that I, I, I'm sorry if I disconnect you from your thought, but when Beba Idelson, who was a member of the parliament, came to New York, she said on American television, women in Israel do not only wash wash. <laughs> I remember it so well. Anyway, so you gave them this sentence, which... Anyway, so we gave them the sentence, um, Willst du versuchen, do you want to taste my geschmacken Zimmes, my delicious Zimmes? And we, we, we designed the sentence because it has all of the issues that Yiddish has. Okay. A and a geschmacken, no vowel between, the, between the, the consonants at the end, geschmacken, not geschmacken. Anyway, so based on that and based on their 
first presentation, then we had callbacks. In the callbacks, we presented people with texts that they that they could study before, the, uh, uh, audio tapes of us saying the words so that they would mimic the words, and the translation, of course, underneath each line so they knew what they were talking about and they could act it for the two minutes of the audition. We came up with, we, we, we you know, whittled it down and we came up with a cast of 26 people. That's almost who, anybody. Yeah, who fell. Who fell. We just yeah. saw it, by the way, yesterday. Hold on, hold on, hold on, let me see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we came up with 26 people who, who of the 26, I would say, three spoke Yiddish, ha had some Yiddish. Um, the, half of them were not, not Yidin, not Jews. And the other half had some connections, had heard Yiddish a little bit. So it was a real um, challenge for us, for the Yiddish coach, coaches, to get them to, to say it and, trans, and, and transmit it in, in, a, in the most honest way. Well, it's not the first time that you have uh, actors in Folksbine that are not Yiddish speakers because, um, you know, the elderly generation is disappearing. Um, and I remember years ago already young people who can speak the language, but they don't really know it. Right. They just did it. It's right. different, but they did it. So yeah. it's not the first time. Yeah. No, no, absolutely not. And 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 what's fat? What was fascinating to us was the amount of people interested in to doing it. Not not just because it's Fiddler on the Roof and Joel Grey, but to to make the commitment to really learn it. And Artevia, um, Stephen Scalbell, who was who got many awards for his performance, um, you know, he he worked on his Yiddish every day, every, every performance, every rehearsal. He would come early and just run the lines, all the lines, just to do it, you know, by rote even, just so that he had them. Because, you know, in, on the English stage or in whatever your language stage is, if you forget a line, you can, you, you know, you can improvise, right? You can flub it, you can figure out what to say. But if you don't know the language... You can't improvise, you know, all of a sudden. So that, you know, that was one of the things that made it quite interesting. And it was a huge success, and now you're bringing it again. Yes, it was a huge success. It was supposed to run for six weeks at the museum, and we kept extending it and extending it. We ran for six months. Wow. Sold out audiences. Um, the pr producers from Uptown, Broadway, and Off-Broadway came down to see it, and they asked if we would want to bring it Uptown. We did. We, we ran Uptown for close to a year. A fiddler, Achendach. Meshuggah, man. Over by wounds in Anatevkes. Yeder Einer, I mean fiddler, Achendach.
And then the pandemic hit. When we, when the pandemic, when we closed in January, we were set to go to China for three weeks. The whole company, they were going to bring the whole company, the orchestra, everything, to three cities in China. We were set to to do a new production in Australia. We went to Australia to cast the production in Melbourne and Sydney. We we're going to be at the Sydney Opera House, um, and. Um, and there was interest, of course, all over. Um, since pandemic, you know, theater, it's its taken a while for theater to come back, for public performances to come back. And now in, now we are planning a new production that to open in New York for seven weeks only. It will open on November 17th. Um, and it will run for seven weeks only uptown in a theater near the Broadway um uh, near the Broadway uh, district. Um, and I can give the, the, the information is, you know, people can find it by looking at uh, National Yiddish Theater Folksbina, nytf.org, or, or Fiddler in Yiddish. So I just wanted to ask, make sure, yeah. um, because I did think it's very complicated uh, when you have a Yiddish theater or in any other language, and you have to train actors whether they are Jewish or not, uh, to speak the language, but also, uh, you also try or ask them to read a little bit about the Jewish culture and, the, you know, like the characterization. You exactly, know? exactly right, exactly right. But before we even went into rehearsal, we sent them a whole list of reading materials that we wanted people to read and videos and films so that they would immerse themselves in this world, right? Because you know, in order for it to be real from the stage, it has to be, it has to be coming from a real place, right? So while we can't make instant Eden out of people, we can make instant people who understand what it all is all about. And we really, we really have created a, a mishpacha of, of this cast. The cast is, is you know, they always remarks how tight they are. And over these four years since we started, and have been apart, um, they've kept together. Together, we just had a wedding. One, the Huddle and Perchik in the show fell in love on stage, right when they met. Yes, and they had a, a wedding just a few weeks ago. It was postponed three times. They finally got married. It was a big, big uh, chasana. At least not in Siberia. Yeah. But you yeah. know, the, the beauty of 
there's something and you know very unique about filler on the roof and i think that the music of this play is um crossing right. every decade every culture every history time you know it's so strong yeah. the story is so human and so uh can planted in every culture so even if the the cast is not jewish only few of us can tell but the the experience is beautiful right. and right. Even, like what sipi said last night we saw the new production in israel uh-huh. israel, israel is not a yiddish speaking country and it's in hebrew but it's still right. crossing and i thought that It can go from China to everywhere. Yeah, but you know, but they slow, say so. that, for example, uh, when it, Tivia, Tivia, Tivia. Yeah, Tivia. Uh, Israeli actor present Tivia differently, for example, than uh, what Tivia was presented like, I don't know. Basically, almost Right, because the Israeli actor bring with him different qualities, different kind of strengths. You know, which is uh, make the, the traditions so-called and the actor, the character, somehow different mix. But I think that it started with Zero Mustel because Zero Mustel brought something very big. Um, yeah, but I, I think it's the material itself, you know, is so rich. And, you know, they say in Japan, when they play it in Japan, The Japanese say they can't believe that it's popular in English because they feel it's such a Japanese story. So there, there you have it. Um, I, you know, one of the reasons that why we're bringing it back is not just to revive another, the, uh, uh, you know, a very popular show. It's, it's, we, we feel as the Yiddish theater in, in, in New York that it's an opportunity for us to present Jewish culture to an audience that is not connected with Yiddish necessarily, is not connected with Jewish necessarily. I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is most American Jews are assimilated, right? Are, do, not, do not connect. This small connection percentage that is connected, but I, but, but I, I believe that with Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish, because we hear it, in this we get a snapshot really like imagine if there was able to be a video in you know in 18 in in those years and to get a sense of what people expressed how people lived how people lived their yiddish kite how the torah infused in their lives how 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 relationships happened how family how fathers and daughters relationships evolved and changed yeah. and and um through this through this jewish lens that the creators of fiddler on the roof brilliantly con, you know con, uh, created in 65 we today can offer people who have no connection with Yiddishkeit a sense of what this culture is. Just yeah, the sense. What did it contribute, for example, when you did the, the salesman? I think you the did salesman. The, the salesman. salesman. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Waiting for Godot. Waiting for Godot. And I, I think you did more, right? 
I, I, that, that was actually a different company who produced Waiting for Godot and Death of a Salesman. But um, yes, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's not just about translating other works. It's, it's about translating a seminal work. They say that, that, you know, since Fiddler on the Roof was created in 65, before the pandemic, there wasn't a day across around the world where Fiddler on the Roof wasn't presented in some way, either professionally or in high school or whatever. So we're talking about one of the most popular shows of all time. Why is that? Why is that? That's why I say it crosses everything. Yeah. Crosses yeah. countries, decades. It's yeah. so classical. And yeah. the story is so basic and so human, and you can translate it to every culture yeah. so that yeah. experience it. But but we're talking about um, a, a theater that was a huge legacy among the Jews with yeah. uh, actors who were really like legends and big guys. And yeah. now you don't have them anymore. What's left? What's the difference? And how do you present it? And what happened to your audiences? Right. So, yes, as Silly says, you know, the Yiddish theater in America was the central place. The Yiddish theater create was a was a home for millions of immigrants to this country when they first came to this country. More than the synagogue, more than community centers, the, the, they, they swarmed to see Yiddish theater. The Yiddish-speaking population of that early, of that early uh, generation when they first came here. That generation is long gone. That's my grandparents' generation, right? The generation that is coming today to the Yiddish theater is either um, doesn't know Yiddish. Maybe their grandparents spoke it, but probably not, right? The, the, the interest is more of a cultural nature. The interest is more of, yes, the, I am Jewish. I've heard about Yiddish, right? And the interest, of course, in this particular, particular show. But the, the, um, we are creating a new, um, a new company of young actors who, American-born, mostly Jewish, who are interested in learning and learning more and creating, creating new pieces. And, um, you know, when, when something is, when, 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 you know, what, what they say Yiddish is dying, well, how can some, you say Yiddish is dying when you have new expressions coming up all the time? And if you look on the, if you did a Yiddish search on the, on Google today, You'd see, you know, millions of hits of people doing classes and workshops and festivals and productions all over. And not to say that Yiddish, you know, will become a, a lingua franca again, but, but the idea that this represents a culture that is a part of our Jewish panorama is important. And that's why we exist. That's basically what... I think that it's the last Jewish theater that is left in New York City. Yeah, I mean, exactly. the non-Yiddish theater, Jewish theater are gone. Everything is gone and you're, you're the only right. one. Yeah. So, so we, are you considering to produce plays 
we are. We are, we are, we are producing. We just produced a new musical by Barry Manilow and Bruce Sussman called Harmony oh. in, in English. And it was about a very popular Jewish, uh, a mixed Jewish and non-Jewish singing group in pre-war Germany, before, before pre-Nazi Germany in the 20s. Very popular group called the Comedian Harmonists. Three of them were Jews and three of them were Germans. And when, when the Nazis came into power, the first thing that was obliterated was culture. So their careers were decimated. Barry Manilow and Bruce Sussman saw this a movie about them and decided to write a musical about them. I heard about it and invited Manilow to do it at our theater. And we just did it in our in our theater for seven weeks, and it's going to Broadway in next season in twenty three. Wow! So yeah. basically, you're giving up the Yiddish a little bit, and you become no, yeah. not, not not giving up, but expanding our mission so that while Yiddish will always be the center, that's why I'm talking no, to Noam Semel, no, you know, of, of no, Habib. Yeah, the head of the national I'm speaking to Noam Semmel. We're in conversation about about doing things together. He, he there's a play by his late wife Nava uh, that you know, of course, um, Racha, and I'm considering presenting it here um, in three languages: in Ladino, Hebrew, and Yiddish. Because We're talking about Ladino, nice. Yeah, and so I'm thinking about it. Of course, I have to, you know. I have to, I have to read it more and, and and understand if there's an audience here but I believe that there's an audience for a limited engagement of a powerful play in these languages right. so and it tells a Jewish story and I believe that you know that if you know send me something in Russian send me something in Italian if it has a Jewish heart if it tells a Jewish story then you know then yes Yiddish will always be the center of our work but if i have an opportunity we also just presented the world premiere of a new opera based on the garden of the finzi cantinis the movie that won the oscar many years ago so we so two very well-known uh, composers michael corey and ricky and gordon wrote a new opera and we premiered it at our theater we ran it for seven weeks wow. seven, seven days seven days seven days and uh, so, so I am always interested. That's what, so I, I always, I'm getting scripts all the time about projects that people want to do because they see that we're doing things in other languages other than Yiddish. Yeah. So are you looking also at plays, let's say in Yiddish, which it bears relevancy to what's happening today in the world? Absolutely. If, you know, if somebody is writing something in Yiddish um, that, T talking about the, the issues of today. Um, Trump and Putin. No, on climate, no. That's a, that's a good three musketeers. That's a good a musical. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, three right. musketeers meet. Oi, oi, oi. Right, he's running again. I think he's going to declare it soon. Oh, God. And Bibi will come back and Putin is... Hey, uh... The Shalom should help us. Right. Right. But so you see yourself as, you know, in a mission? Absolutely. I, my mission is that um, 
that communities, Jewish communities all over the world understand and appreciate this rich legacy of Yiddish culture that was created when our people lived in those in those in, in the Pale Settlement. There's thousands and thousands of stories and 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 songs and theater that illuminate that illuminate that are that are educational not not just uh, I, I, the the mission is only is only so that people can expand their 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 lives and their and their nishamas you know i i believe that you know and you know and i want to you know the the i understand why when israel the state of israel was created um, there was a there was a whole uh, you know uh, campaign as you well know Rak Ivrit Rak only Hebrew was yeah. really pushed away. Yes, Yiddish was pushed away. It was it was illegal, and it was and it was. I understand on some level the understanding that to create a unified country right. they wanted a language. However, the what. I'm saying melting pot as is maybe some merits, but basically it's not a good idea. No, basically what they did, unfortunately, was wash away, wipe away a whole civilization. Yes. So what it did was it didn't mean didn't mean that there weren't Yiddish speakers. That's not important. But Yiddish kite, the the thing of Jewishness. You know, I I love Israel. I have my daughter made Aliyah two years ago. I love Israel. I you know, like it's my own country. Every time I go, I think about moving all all the time. I have that 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 association with it. But I feel lost. I feel how am I going to work in Israel? I with my I don't I, my 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 Ivrit unfortunately is not usable. I know, I know, I know, but I, I'm, I'm looking. I know, I know Yiddish people. I know that, and they do great work, and they do great work, and and they have great people. But I'm interested in doing. I, I'm interested in exploring the population that doesn't go to Yiddish people. The population that is interested in good music, in good theater. You know, I, I, I don't. I, I'm not looking to for a nostalgic connection. I'm saying this is something that's real to you, young seventeen-year-old. To you, young twenty-five-year-old. Check this. Check this story out. Check this song out. Situation with Norm Samuel. He has a small. He has few theaters in his uh, complex, and he can maybe bring some of your productions or do Yiddish productions. You know, also in the national theater. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so I, I think about it. I think about it. I, you know, I, I think about doing things together. Noam is very interested in our fiddler in Yiddish. I'm interested in, in doing it there in at the Habima. Um, so we'll see. We'll see something, you, you know. Tell me something. Although it's not your production, can you guess why it took a, in Waiting for Godot, why it took a African-American boy as a messenger from Godot to say he's coming, he's not coming, he will come, he'll come tomorrow. I, I, I can't speak about that production, but you know, the issue of 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 using um 
uh, multicultural uh, actors. Right? Friend and no, I that was like five, six years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's called a colorblind casting. Yeah. Right? So, uh, you know, um, people will argue with me that I could have a, an African-American Tevye conce conceivably, right? Right? And, and I would have to wrap my brain around it and say, okay, well, if, if this African-American, whatever, if he, can, if he or she can incorporate the Yiddishkeit that is needed to it's present it. It's like asking Chaim Topol to become a slave. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it, it's problematic. It's correct. definitely these politically correct issues are crossing so many unnecessary lines that they're losing their point. Yes. I think I, I I agree with you actually. I think it's getting sometimes too much. But but uh, you know, to answer you about the waiting for Godot, I think that was probably one of and and yes. it probably found a good an actor. Okay, tell me something. Uh, actors who are not Jewish and don't don't come from Yiddish, do they come back and trying to get parts in your in the theater? Um, you mean you mean do they come back again if they if they're not? Yeah. No, no, no. Even if they already played, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're they yeah. We, we, we treat, you know, we, we treat people respectfully, you know, people, uh, you know, on, see that we're driven, we're not money driven, it's not a, it's not for profit, you know, actually, we have to make, we have to make money, we have to raise money, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. But our mission is to present this material in the best possible way. So people are attracted to that. People of, who are not Jewish are interested in that. Um, in that kind of uh, mission and passion. When do you start with the new with the new fiddler? So we we go into we'll 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 go into rehearsal in October. Same uh, cast or new cast? Um, we, 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 the cast isn't completely set yet, but our Tevya will be the same. Stephen, Stephen Skybell will be the Tevya, and we hope to get as many of the cast the original cast that's available. Our hope is to reignite the interest that was that existed when we closed when we closed we were going across the country we had 32 cities around the country i told you about australia and um and china so our our hope is that people will see it again and see the value and be attracted to it again so i was impressed when you say that uh you know it, the yiddish theater is really keeping you know the civilization of Yiddishkeit and you use yeah. the word civilization because when I hear or when I was in school in University of Michigan and I had Jewish students mm -hmm. and told me that they are in love with a non-Jewish girl mm -hmm. I try to persuade them that they are going like you know assimilation I try to persuade them that by that they will contribute to disappearance of a civilization I didn't came from a religious point of view Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They did use every time. I said, you know, you give your hand to this appearance of a civilization if you marry the non-Jewish woman, according to the Jewish, of course, religion. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, you know, in today's world, sadly, that is a more is a more um, common occurrence. Yeah. 
And our my, my feeling personally is that if there's a respect and a appreciation of the non-Jewish partner to a a couple, right? And they want to continue the the traditions of Yiddishkeit, then you know that's that's better than the alternative, which is to completely say no, I don't want anything to do with it. So our hope, you know, in 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 making sure that there is Yiddish culture, Jewish culture. Israeli culture, any any culture of th- things that happen with Jewish is that people are attracted to it. People are attracted to what we have, what on whatever level, to the extent that they become observant, or who or choose a Jew a, a Jewish partner. You know, we we, we don't have that yeah. power. When they come to to the theater. Are they aware of the history, and and do they know anything about? its past and its people and its materials we we are we are um first of all our website it, we're developing our website so that people when they come to us know a little bit about the history of the yiddish theater itself but in the theater itself we're planning to have a, an exhibition about anti-semitism and about the 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 issues of anti-semitism today and going back to when Fiddler was created. So we, so that's one of the hopes to, that during the intermission or as people are walking in the theater, they see this as well. So we were, and we also have a, a very extent, extensive study guide for students and teachers to see it, giving them a background. I'm gonna send it to you because I, you'll be interested to see how people are, um, uh, how how we're presenting it to, to educators and to students. I have a, I have a, a a minute and a half clip if you're interested in seeing it. I don't know if that's of interest. You can send it to, us. Send it to us. But do you don't you put in the website um, the way, like um, no oh, I forgot the word in English. Um, yeah. When you see, when you see, when you can watch the uh, the Yiddish productions in theater, yeah, everything is in, with subtitles. Uh, just to so people can go in and watch it, and they learn what took place eighty years ago, sixty years ago. Uh, they had big productions. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's limited in terms of what we can show on the internet because of the unions. The unions are very, very careful about what we put on. But if you go to our site on on our website, nytf.org, nationalyiddishtheaterfolksmina.org, we have videos of past performances, of present performances, links to other older performances as well. So- Yiddish festival? Oh yeah, yeah. People can come from all over and apply where you uh, yeah, my, I mean, my my hope my hope is we're talking about this now in in July or August, whenever this is that that people make plans. Pe- people make plans to come to New York in uh, you know in mid November to we close on January first, so that we hope that it becomes a destination for people who are who have heard about our Yiddish fiddler and want to have an experience seeing it.
It was very interesting. Good. Yeah. I thank you. Kids' experiences becoming part of the cast and to do it for children, just, you know, in a camp. Yeah. Now they're part of an Atepka. <laughs> they've done it. They've done it. You know, the kids have done productions all the time, for sure. Sure, sure. Sure, for sure. Yeah, listen, really, I am very impressed. And yeah. I do see it as, of course, I, I me. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter what I think. It's a mission. Please come if you're in if you're in New York at that okay, time. Yeah. Come and be our guests. We will. Yep. Thank you so much. No, it was good luck. It was thank you. And thank everybody and thank Silly. And thank you and thank you. Of course. CP and <laughs> see you next week. Yeah. See you Once next week. Thanks so much. Thank you Bye. so much.